This week's podcast brought to you by Monitor Lizards. We had beautiful weather this weekend, so we were playing a lot of hoops in the driveway, and the kids have found a brilliant way to beat me at pig. If I get pig, we uh, they uh, ask, particularly our youngest daughter, uh, that we the game is now pigs. If I'm still leading after pigs, the game is now pigsty. And if I'm still leading after pigsty, the game becomes pigsty! Exclamation mark. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, how you like me now? For the first time ever, you beat me to the basement and tried your hand at setting up the microphones. And we did what we always do. We tested, test, test, one, two, three. You put it in your computer and nothing played. And so we tried it again when you noticed that you hadn't plugged the microphones into the recorder. That's not at all what happened. I got down here first, so I moved the tray table over to where you sit and I moved mine over to where my I sit. I knew I hadn't plugged in the cords. I just assumed you would. So you figured that we would do a test and it well, I didn't notice record. that you hadn't plugged them in. Oh, I'm not taking any responsibility for that. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I haven't seen much of you because you've been living in the studio. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy however many days. When did it start? The first four games started last Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for, for, Saturday, For those Sunday, who Monday. are new to this, it, we're talking six about... six days. The, the women's NCAA tournament. They don't like NCAA. NC2A is even they worse. They don't like NC2A. It's NCAA. Like, why would you care if it, somebody said NCAA? Why would you care? You wouldn't, and they don't. They no, they possibly. do. Well, they do. They're actually very, they very much care and very much make sure that when we, like when I was at that press conference, it was very clear that's what I was supposed to say. And then when we're on TV, we've been told that it's very clear that we're supposed to say NCAA. So anyway, they want, uh, it's like that a, they want it to sound like a combination of NC seventeen and AA. Yeah, two of both things two, have positive yes, connotations yes, right. for people. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you: you you spent all this time in the studio. Yes, it's it's sort of the gym rat equivalent of being in the studio. Right. right. Is there is there a term for that? Somebody who's a who's kind of studio rat, studio rat, or bar fly, studio fly. I, I, because there needs to be. I'm guessing you have some suggestions. No, no, I don't. But I was thinking last night while watching, last night as we record this, Belmont, in a very exciting game, took the University of Tennessee down to the wire. Looked like they were going to pull the big upset, yeah. But the last 47 seconds of that game, in real time, played out over 27 minutes. The last 49 seconds played out over 27 minutes. Not ideal. Not ideal. But but I, I had a new name for the referees, college basketball referees, who spent 26 of those minutes staring into a, a courtside monitor. Yeah, it's not. it didn't take all of this time because there was a bunch of fouls and or free injuries. throws. It was because of, or injuries. It was because of monitor reviews. So what was the name you came up with? Monitor lizards. <laughs> monitor lizards. That's a real thing, a monitor lizard. It's a reptile. A monitor lizard. There's such thing as a monitor lizard? Absolutely. It's a thing. 
It's a common... I mean, I know there's such a thing as a lizard. There's a monitor I mean, lizard? There, there are lounge lizards that aren't actual lizards. Those are people who hang out in... How do is, is, how does, how you spell monitor lizard? M-O-N-I-T-O-R. You want to look it up as I'm we speak? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, people who are listening are, are, are saying into their... Uh, driving down oh, the street right now saying, of course, Rebecca, there are monitor lizards. How big is it? Because in the picture, it looks almost like a, um, it looks like a alligator or crocodile, but just with a different head. Are they that big or are they much smaller? Well, you tell me. I, I don't know. I only know that I, w- I now think of referees as monitor. Monitor lizards. Monitor lizards. I like that. It's, it's, we're, we're in studio and we had multiple games happening. You, you well, oh. You also have multiple monitors, so I guess that could right. also be a studio we could also, uh, name. Yes. For the three of us were the monitor monitors lizards. Monitor lizards, yes. So there were, I think at that point, because there, there were times when there were five games on at once, I think at that point there were three or four games on that we were watching, but of course that one was drawing our attention. But what was also interesting, that game was on ESPN, ESPN1. Then we had a game, I think, on ESPNU and a game on ESPN2. But right after the Tennessee game, was supposed to start was UConn because UConn and Tennessee are two of our strongest fan bases in terms of watching games. South Carolina would be another one as well. Anyway, because that game took so long, the UConn game and UConn outrates just about everybody had to start. I don't even remember where, maybe ESPN News. Um, But yeah, so we were very aware because of that reason of how long everything was taking at the end of that game. uh, And I'm sure people who who were attending in person the UConn game. Did that that started on time or not on time? Yes, yeah, so relatively on time. Relatively. I think like it, TV has the ability to what we call push the tip, but you have to do it like an hour in advance. So say the tip of the game when the ball when the ref to- tosses the ball up is supposed to happen at 7:02 p.m. We can slide the tip. TV can slide the tip and it then becomes like 7 nine or seven away anyway i think the yukon game the tip was slid so that that one started at like 908 so i can if you wanted i could give you like a comprehensive breakdown of the teams and the tournament how they got there their recap of their season i cannot tell you zero idea zero which teams are alive in the men's tournament right now is Duke still alive? Did they advance? Duke is alive in the Sweet Sixteen. I, you know, honestly, I can't, I can't uh, tell you off the top of my head. I didn't is fill Kansas. Out, they are. I didn't fill out brackets. Uh, Iowa State is in the Sweet Sixteen. Iowa State is. Yeah. Oh, so their men and women are. Yeah. I, I, but I also can't tell you as soon as as soon as a very exciting men's or women's game finishes, I can't tell you two minutes later who had played it. Is particularly in the opening rounds where there's. Right. Three games on three different channels, and and you're switching back and forth. So um, the other night in the women's tournament, my dad sent me a text that said, I'm watching Louisville and. I'm watching Louisville and. And the text ended there. The text ended there, and there was no follow-up text. And so I called him and said, well, I'm worried now. You're watching was Louisville. men or women? It was the women. Okay. Are the men still in it? I, I haven't a clue. Okay. Were they, did they make the tournament even? I don't know that, but okay. I mean, this is the problem of not filling out a bracket, but um, I said, you've watched, you're watching Louisville and who did Louisville just play in the, in the women's tournament, in the opening round maybe? 
I don't remember. Or the second game. You'd have no idea. Louisville Cardinals, Jeff Walls, KFC Yum Arenas. Any of this oh, ringing a bell? I know all of that. I just don't, because of all the games swirling. After I've just told you, I can give you a comprehensive breakdown of everything. I can't right now without a bracket in front well, of me. Remember who Louisville you, beat. You, you meant in to the say you couldn't tell, tell us anything about the men's or women's tournament. Right. right. I do remember it was it was a relatively close game in the second round. I think they won by eleven. Right. That that was the game my dad was watching. He said, "I'm watching Louisville and," and then uh, there was uh, there was no follow up. So I called him and I said, "I said you have me worried. You're watching Louisville and the Gonzaga." You're watching Louisville, and you can't get up. I'm watching Louisville, and I just choked on a ham sandwich. What? What is the rest of this? And he started laughing, and he said, "I'm watching. I was watching Louisville play Gonzaga. Whoever they were playing it was, was it Gonzaga? So it, in first round, it was Albany. It was Gonzaga. They beat Gonzaga. Yeah. I thought. I thought it was nine. Gonzaga. Yeah. And and he just wanted to. He wanted to tell me he was watching Louisville and Gonzaga, and you know. What game is Rebecca calling? Is she in this? Whatever it was, but but he 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 pushed send before he finished the text. But anyway, three minutes after he was texting me this, and it's not because of his age or anything; it's because of this this March Madness kind of uh, floodgates. He couldn't remember who Louisville had just played in this game that he had just enjoyed, and I'm the same way. It's well, it's, clearly so am I. Well, I think we've just proven our point. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's my job. Well, uh, you're like a, it's like election night every night where you're giving the returns and what's going on in, in Ramsey County and here are the returns from Westchester. Um, you're like the guy John King on, on CNN, but with basketball. You so know, who could possibly sometimes, remember? What happens sometimes, and it's just, this, this is the worst. Say um, we're getting to the end of Tennessee, Belmont, under a minute one possession game or one point game but on another network another game is ending we might have to start we have to, might have to turn all of our attention away from this exciting sure. game because we have to put a bow on that other game probably then have their audience go to the other game. but like you miss for us sometimes the most exciting parts of the biggest games because you have to do halftime of another game that actually happened um, I think we were doing halftime of the North Carolina Arizona game and as we're doing halftime of that game, the UConn game is wrapping up. Central Florida, UCF, it, somebody told me on Twitter that I'm not supposed to call them Central Florida. I'm supposed to call them UCF. Anyway, that game. This was the NCAA. Might have been somebody from the NCAA. Anyway, Central Florida, UCF is making a charge like with less than two minutes to go. They've cut it to like five or three or something like that. And that's on a, t- a monitor like behind the cameras but we're not supposed to be looking at that we're talking to the audience of the arizona north carolina game about their game and i'm like i don't i just want to watch the end because that game wasn't close at the half i want to watch the end of this incredible game can't a real true monitor lizard like yourself do both oh i was trying the problem with that is that meant that anytime nikki fargus or l duncan were speaking I wasn't really listening to them because I was watching the end of that other game. And I have a hard time watching close games without, like, gesticulating. Like, when big plays happen, I raise my hands or, like, and it doesn't, it's not because I'm cheering for the team. It's just because there's been an incredible play that's been going on. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's the challenge of trying to watch these multiple games on our 
on our monitors. What our metaphorical viewers are missing, what they would be seeing if they were actual viewers, is when you said you have a hard time not gesticulating, Yes. you began Gest- gesticulating. I did begin, begin gesticulating, yeah, like throwing your arms in the air or cheering or whatever. What, what are, what, if you had to rank them, and I know how much you love this game. Yes. What are your favorite top three gesticulations? <laughs> I was going to say, what is the noun? Is gesti- what are your top three gesticulates? My top three gesticulations, I think number one would be like the, you know, two arms, two fists in the air. What, that'd be the universal sign for like what? Um, almost like, like a... Uh, like a triumphant uh, It's kind of what I did enthusiasm. after we won the national championship when I was running down the court. Clearly, that's not my number one gesticulation because that, that's the one that came out naturally in that moment. That, 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 we'll call that one gesticular fortitude. <laughs> okay. And then sometime, a big one, sometimes when I'm surprised, I'll put both my hands on my head and open my mouth up wide. I've noticed that I do that. And um, I don't know if there's a third, but those would be my top two. Third one, you just be flapping your arms like you're going to take like off. I'm going to take off. Actually, for one of the games, oh, for the end of the Iowa Creighton game, um, we're wa- we were watching it in studio, and I did not know this, but our, our director was recording our reaction, the three of us, our reactions. And, I um, saw that. I'll actually, I'll, I'll retweet that. It was on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll retweet that on our Ball and Chain Twitter account, at Ball and Chain Pod, I think that one is. Um, and... Uh, so people can see it. But yeah, I think both my one and two favorite gesticulations are, are available to view there. The, um, you mentioned they want you to call the University of Central Florida UCF and not Central Florida. Mm-hmm. When uh, my sister was with last with our oldest daughter, and they were in New York together a couple weeks ago and was asking where some of her friends were going to college or thinking about going to college, and she was naming a bunch of colleges. One of them she mentioned was URI, and uh, which everybody in New England is familiar with as the University of Rhode Island. Right, of course. But my sister, working in an emergency room, said, URI, that's what they call it? Well, of course, that's what they call the University of Rhode Island, URI. What else do they call it? Well, th- that's a upper respiratory infection. <laughs> Well, I mean, not, not to me it isn't. <laughs> right. If you said URI to me, I instantly think of the University of Rhode Island. The, the Rams. Are they the Rams? What is URI? Yeah, they are the Rams. The and URI Rams. That's where Danny Hurley, the current UConn men's basketball coach, that's where he was coaching before he came to the University of Connecticut. You're not supposed to call that UConn Or now? UConn. Actually, we are. It's the, They rebranded it. You're supposed it. to call it UConn. The, the university rebranded. It's the, the whole school wants you to call it UConn. The university rebranded, I don't know, within the last five years. Even all the signage when you come onto campus, it's no longer the University of Connecticut. It's UConn. It's like Kanye West. It's cha- cha- they, these schools change their nickname. Well, I mean, not, not, not their the mascot, nickname, no, but, but their... What, which, yeah. what they want to be called. Yeah. Coach Nikki Fargus and I in studio were having a, a conversation. Um, she formerly was the coach at LSU, and then prior to that, the coach at UCLA. And for years, she was an assistant at Tennessee, a great player at Tennessee. Nikki Caldwell was her maiden name. Anyway, she and I were having this conversation because she, she thinks the women's game that's, needs to get to the point like the men's where the, f- the first couple rounds are played on neutral sites. Yeah. No way. The environment... Uh, well, ideally, they could be played on neutral sites with a wild, uh, with a wild crowd. Yes, but Iowa sold out 
both days uh, of their games. Incredible crowd. They still were upset by Creighton. LS- All the men's games aren't necessarily played on a neutral site with raucous crowds right, either. Right, right. LSU, incredible crowd. Um, they were upset um, by Ohio State. Baylor, incredible crowd, also upset. The, the UConn-UCF um, game, it was great. NC State, like you go school by school, Louisville. And what you have, what you're starting to have in women's basketball that you didn't have in my day, and, and I think it's a newer phenomenon in the last 10 years is you finally have students going to these games and students are the ones who are loud they're standing the whole time they're the ones who bring the energy it's not people our age who have season tickets who bring the energy it's the students and you're finally seeing at these schools students come when i did a game earlier this year it was um, louisville at nc state the student section was packed they were amazing the building was rocking um it was a great game uh, NC State came from behind to, to, to win in the fourth quarter. But um, I am all in favor cause, cause, uh, of keeping it the way it is. Because if you if you go to a neutral site, the students aren't going to go. They're not going to go. And the, the students are the ones. I mean, we see it in the high school games. You go to a high school game. Well, we went to a high school high school state championship at the, at the neutral site where they play at the Mohegan Sun Arena, and it was phenomenal. It, it, but it was the students who brought all the energy. Student section in both end zones for student sections. Uh, they were they were it was hugely energetic it, it, yes it just changes everything like our, our daughters uh, during the volleyball season students don't go to those games almost at all they had one game this past year where the football team had just finished practice so they were there and it completely they were there for like half of it or a couple it of completely sets. changes the completely changed the, the game or the match or whatever we call it in volleyball completely changed it just because they bring that different energy and um Especially football players, uh, you know they're grunting and groaning. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally in favor of staying um, at the the home sites for the first two rounds. Shall we get to viewer mail? We shall. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Should we give the address in case people don't know necessarily yes, know what it is? What is it? Ballandchainpod at gmail.com, right? I think that's right. That's the address you're talking about, the email address? Yeah, not our not home our address. physical home address. No, I don't know that either, but. <laughs> but either way, we probably don't want to say that one out loud. Well, first of all, I think I think uh, Tough Schist and one of our uh, viewers are brokering a ticket deal for the Final Four. Tough Schist had, you mediated uh, that? had tickets and oh, I, I I don't you just know that it's. I don't know up, that it's right? been consummated. But you did make the connection, yeah. I, and it's 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 the start of my burgeoning uh, next career as as a some kind of a ticket. ticket uh, You're ticket, like a dating uh, matchmaker, app. yeah. Yeah, good for you. What would that be called? Ticket, ticket, Tinder kind of a thing, huh? <laughs> yes, ticket Tinder. Uh, but in addition to that, we have a follow up email from uh, from Ed with a period who wrote in last week. And he wrote, writes, Dear Stephen Rebecca, I apologize for crowding the inbox, but I had to clarify one thing and thank you for another regarding my email last week. A, along with the Doodah Diner, the, the nifty nut house is in Wichita, not Western PA, where I am currently living. Sorry if my previous email was unclear. So the nifty nut house is in Wichita. So, and that, that Wichita is a site this week or is a site? Yeah, it's for the it's the regional, so this so, coming weekend. So I should good. find out which one of our announced teams is going to Wichita. And if either of them can do the do the double, the Duda Diner and the Nifty exactly. Nut House. Exactly. Duda in, Diner in the Nifty Nut House. In alliter- alliterative uh, Wichita, Kansas. Two, 
That was A. Two is, thank you to Steve for noticing, without any prompting from me, the period I place at the end of my name. Many, many years ago, at the end of watching a Mary Tyler Moore episode, I, I know where this is going, because it's exactly what I thought of when I saw that. Say more, because I don't know what you're referring to. There, there was a name in the credits of the Mary Tyler Moore show, and I think a couple of other shows, Ed period. I know this off the top of my head, mm-hmm. and this is not anything. You're not any looking matter, this up. You were looking straight. I'm not at looking me. at his email. This is mm-hmm. not not pride. Right. Ed Weinberger. Ed, Ed period with a period Weinberger. Huh. Okay. okay. I hear you. Uh, many years ago, at the end of watching a Mary Tyler Moore episode, I noticed one of the writers was Ed period with a period Weinberger. Well, what do you say, Rebecca? I thought it was pretty cool that he had abbreviated his name, so I have added the period ever since. It has become a topic of conversation in my marriage. He puts that in quotation marks, topic of conversation. With he doesn't wife. put marriage in quotation marks? Well, he doesn't put that in. I hope that, <laughs> because that would be a problem. Well, uh, but it remains to be seen. With my wife playfully giving me a hard time for being pretentious. So when Steve noticed on the podcast last week, I had to rewind and play the segment for her. Thanks again. Ed Weinberger, I, I, that is that I've always thought that I always thought and still think that that was ridiculously cool. The period. I don't even, I mean. Does he have, I wonder if he has it on his license, like on actual legal documents or just on stuff like emails? Uh, your podcast continues to help me through these crazy times. Thanks. You two are doing God's work. Thanks, Ed. Period. Morales, a Connecticut Yankee in Pennsylvania. P.S. Please note, and I think this is crucial, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the P.S. is noting it, even though he he's, he's uh, saying he doesn't. Please note that I made no mention, no mention, Rebecca, of... DePaul basketball. Ed with a period made no mention, uh, graciously made no mention of DePaul. Rebecca, you were a sleeper pick to uh, to surprise. How wrong was I? By they lost the way. by a lot, right? Yeah, they got they got whooped up on by Dayton. Dayton hit a bunch of threes, played great. This was in one of the um, we don't, we don't call them playing games. That's another thing. They're not playing games. They're first four. They're playing games. But anyway, yes, DePaul, Dayton um, beat DePaul in the play-in game, 88-57. Well, thank you, Ed, with a period. I might, I must add, Ed period Weinberger not only was uh, a part of writing the Mary Tyler Moore show, his first job was writing for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. I'm looking this up now. Uh, he wrote for Taxi, uh, The Cosby Show. He was one of the creators of all these, and... And this is according to Wikipedia, so it has to be true, Rebecca. Weinberger said that he began using the abbreviation Ed, period, when he was eight years old, admitting that, quote, it's an affectation that has gotten out of hand. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. The same is true for Ed Morales, but it sounds like it is, um, at least according to his wife. Dear Esteva, writes um, Kathy from our resident behavioral health nurse. Hello, Kathy. Thank you both for 200 plus episodes. 200 plus. Wow, that's that's a lot. sobering. 200 plus episodes that have given me hours of entertainment and laughs on my commute to work. I, I love the 200 episodes. 200 hour long episodes have given me multiple hours of entertainment. At least two, Rebecca. <laughs> right. I am a completionist, but not a pure completionist. I've only been listening for two years, but I've listened to all 203 delightful episodes. Rebecca is on point about grandchildren. I have two. My 12-year-old granddaughter, Lily, the avid runner I have talked about on previous emails, assures me she will be running in the 2028 LA Olympics. Now, Rebecca, is it 2028 or 2028? Does the NCAA have any (laughs) opinions on that? Well, it was 2012 and 2022, so I would imagine 
To be safe, I'm, I'm going to say the, the 2028 Los Angeles Olympics. She also plays middle school basketball. I love when I can attend her track and cross-country meets, road races, or basketball games. It's amazing to watch her improvement in basketball over the past two years. She practices so hard. I remember the excitement on her face when she scored her first basket and then her first three-point basket. It was priceless and melted my heart. I know I spoil her, but it's hard not to when she has a spectacular road race finish and is now able to beat her mom by several minutes. She's truly amazing and appreciates all I do for her. I told her she has to thank her grandma for all the running shoes she has bought her when she wins her Olympic gold medal someday and talks to the media. I hope when she does win her Olympic gold medal that she will talk to the media. That in itself is a uh, is a, a mark of maturity. Dis- maturity. And, yeah. She is not every not every star athlete uh, does that as we know. She's also involved in 4-H and just won a medal for Litchfield County for public speaking and will be competing in the state finals at UConn next week. I wonder if 4-H wants you to call it 4-H or to spell out the, the 4-H's. Orfa. Orfa. Yes, yeah. Orfa. Yes. Uh, my 18-month-old grandson, Leo, is so funny. He's a budding comedian and just loves to entertain and make people laugh. He's absolutely hysterical. Grandchildren are definitely awesome. Now, I, I picture Kathy with the accordion fold-out uh, photo wallet. Right? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. We could, we, I'm visualizing these photos of Leo mm-hmm. and, and the grandchildren. I just got back and from a vacation. Of course, the photo wallet has like bends in certain places and little cracks in Absolutely. certain places. Absolutely. And like a, some of it has taken on a you yellowish know, tone. This reminds me our, 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 our high school senior took the school, uh, stu- the student uh, section bus to the state championship game. Yes. Uh, on what was it, Saturday night? Saturday night, yeah. And the other students on the bus were calling, and, and I think even the adult chaperones on the bus were calling her grandma because she was the one person on the bus doing her booklet of Sudoku. Mag- she had her Sudoku magazine, and she was doing that. So I said, she is "I said certainly your daughter." I said, "I said if you wanted the full grandma effect, you should have had it. You should have had it uh, clipped to a clipboard, and it should have been a, a word search." And she should have had like little cheetah her cheetah cheetahs on a chain. On. Cheetahs yeah. on a chain. Yeah. Cheaters on a chain. That should be a. That she should, should be have been knitting while doing the Sudoku. Um, anyway, Kathy just got back from Florida last week with her two sisters and, her, and our three husbands. My two sisters and our three husbands. Is the Wait math, a minute. Say does that the math again? work on that? I just got back from a vacation in Florida last week with my two sisters and our three husbands. Yes, the math works. Presumably, each of the sisters has one husband. Yeah, unless one of them. Oh, no, has, no, no, each it's of the, her third marriage, and the husbands are still traveling. For my 60th birthday, we had so much fun in the sun, in the pool, and golf, and on the boat. I'm looking forward to vacation number two with sisters and friends to Minneapolis for the Women's Final Four. We're all hoping to see UConn there. I found and purchased assorted Swedish fish for Rebecca and hopefully can get them to her in Minneapolis. Uh, keep Wait, up the entertaining podcast. Say that again? I found and purchased assorted Swedish fish for Rebecca and hopefully can get them to her in Minneapolis. Oh, we will f- rendezvous. We will come up with a rendezvous point for assorted Swedish fish. Where did she find them? In, in, in Minneapolis, uh, Swedish fish is known as lutefisk. You don't understand this joke. I don't. Lutefisk is a, is a famously kind of disgusting, repulsive uh, Norwegian fish soaked in lye, but it's something that kind of like haggis in Scotland that, that some people sort of traditionally prided themselves on. I thought I mean, it was a rapper who once name dropped me. He, he was the guy who sang uh, Cheaters on a Chain. <laughs> That's that's uh, what's it called again? Ludafish. Ludafisk. Ludafisk. Like ludicrous. I got. I got right. it. Carlton Fisk you, you and, and ludicrous. Now I get it. Yes, yes. But you know, the, I'm thinking of the Lord's song, Royals. Tigers mm-hmm. on a gold chain. Tigers okay. on a gold leash. 
Okay. Cheetahs on a chain. Rebecca? <laughs> I'm not following any of that. Uh, so let's following. keep going. The people tuned out <laughs> years 15 ago. minutes ago. Years ago. <laughs> uh, Lynn from Florida, also a completionist. This is a very sunshine state intensive viewer mail this week, Rebecca. Um, greetings from Florida. Just wanted to let you know I was very happy to hear you will be calling games in Bridgeport as I'm flying in for a long weekend to attend with my sister and father. Rebecca, listen to this. It's March, okay? Mm-hmm. Lynn is flying from Florida to Bridgeport, okay, against Any, the flow of traffic. from anywhere intentionally to go to Bridgeport. That's a good thing. It's an amazing thing. But it, particularly while the weather, well, the weather's The weather's been kind of pleasant here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just they get to go whenever regionals are in Bridgeport, but this will be my first time attending any tournament games. Hoping now we run into you, but looking at our seats, we are about as far from announcing table as you can get. Rebecca, will your announce table be? Uh, will, will you be announcing? Or will you be in studio set on site? What's happening? No, there? I'm announcing those. You're games. announcing those games. Yeah. So still, and, still a monitor lizard of sorts. Yes, and uh, typically, the announce table is on the opposite side of the floor from the. Um, scores table and team benches and in the middle of the court so I'm assuming that's where we'll be so uh, if, if Lynn were so inclined to bring you Swedish fish she'd have to hurl them from the second deck presumably no she'd just have to talk her way down right. and say I'm supposed to deliver these to the uh, monitor li- lizard over there strangely you never talk your way up to the uh, to the rafters well, to, I don't know where she is I don't not. know where she's sitting also writes Lynn after listening to latest pod I have to let you know being a grandparent Nana for just over 10 years is very fulfilling it is very fulfilling watching our oldest granddaughter dancing in recitals since she was three and our four-year-old also chose dance at the moment and my only one to choose a sport so far is our three-year-old who picked soccer being a sports fan I'm hoping at least one will play sports for a while watching the little Little ones is very fun, and I won't be the obnoxious grandma yelling from the stands. LOL. I love to do all the. I, I love to all. Uh, to all the kids uh, do well. Um, it would be kind of a relief to have kids or grandkids who didn't play sports. I mean, you would still be. You would still be. Your stomach would still be churning during the dance recital. Right. Or, I would or, want mm. them to do something that that involved that let us be in the audience, though. Yeah. Because that's guess. part of the delight of a grandparenthood, yeah, I would imagine. What's the point of having a, a childhood if you can't uh, have have adults judging no, you the from, opposite. from the side? What's the point? Like, not what's the point, but the delight of being a grandparent is to watch watch these little people do their thing. Hoping UConn makes it to the final four, writes Lynn. And just FYI, I think it was brought up a few pods back. My tickets were bought a few months ago, and I would still go to all games if UConn was placed in a different region. You asked, you mentioned oh, the possibility okay. of them Good going girl. elsewhere. Well, clearly, because she's, she's in coming Florida. from Florida. Yeah. Um, great game so far this weekend. As I typed this on Saturday afternoon, currently watching end of Princeton, Kentucky. Rebecca, you have no memory of, of Princeton. Oh, of course, you have Princeton, Kentucky. Yes. And Princeton Abby nearly Myers won last night. had an incredible fourth quarter to help propel Princeton to the upset uh, over Kentucky. And then last night, Princeton took Indiana down to the wire, to the, the to the very last possession. And Princeton ended up losing. Princeton, of course, coached by my former UConn teammate, Carla Berube. I was Berube. just going to say. They were really fun to watch, really, really good. So I hope uh, I hope I have a chance to watch them next year. That'd be fun. Yes, and they, they lost by a point last night at Indiana, right? Yeah, and that, when those Indiana's games floor. were at... Um, what's Indiana's gym's name again? Assembly, Assembly Hall. Hall. Yeah, right. Assembly Hall. Hi, writes uh, Julie and Amy in Nebraska. I mean, I'm not sure which one wrote this, but 
perhaps it was a, a genuine co-authoring of this. Collaboration, a collab, collab. as our daughter would a say. A collab between Saweetie and Champion, as she said on the commercial that the other night. I said, what, what, what am I watching and how do I unsee it? She said, oh, this is a commercial for a collab between Saweetie and Champion. Champion, the, the clothing brand. Um, we were actually having this conversation in studio. I was with s- some of the other people um, who are about my age with kids about our kids' ages and, you know, the, the lingo that our kids used. And um, one of the people in the conversation was saying that he he was telling his kids, like, we would say, we said dope back in my day. And he said that they... I said, but do you, like, say it for real now around your kids? I said, because sometimes I said... Sometimes I'll say to my kids, like, facts, just like as a joke, because I, they say, instead of saying, yeah, that's true, they'll say facts. But I don't say it seriously. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll use dope, because, you know, we used that when I was a kid. And I was, I was giving him a hard time for that. Dope has had several generational kind of iterations. So, like, in the 50s, there was the baseball dope book. There was the inside information on all the teams was called the dope book. Then it became... That guy's on dope, you know? Right. But, then it became, but that's not no, how he no, was no, talking th- about it. First it was like inside information. Right. Then it was that guy is a dope. Right. And then, then it was on that guy's on dope. Now, then it was just that guy's dope. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it, that you would say a person is dope. It might like, that's dope. Something that happens. That's dope. No, the, the, the only reason I say that is because I frequently heard it said about me in the 90s. Yeah, right. That anyway. Maybe, maybe there was maybe there okay? was a subtle A Do you think it's between okay? the that's that and guy right. that guys I, I don't do you know. think in 2022 somebody about our ages should be using that like not having a laugh but just like as a phrase i would suggest this is this is a That's colleague dope. of yours did you say hmm? this is a colleague of yours oh, what, a boss a boss i would suggest <laughs> that that he or she say tell the kids that's fat with a ph <laughs> is that more contemporary facts fact yes facts uh, where was I? Oh, uh, this is from Julie and Amy in Nebraska. Did I mention that? This is a collab. Uh, this collab. is a collab. Why, why do I keep having a hard time saying this that? This is not a collab between Saweetie it's a and collab. Champion. Why do I say collab? It's a collab. It's a collab. It's a collab. This is a collab. Between, from. Okay. Let's just get on with it. Okay. I, I, my apologies <laughs> to Julie and Amy. Uh, you know how you know who wrote this? Because it says Julie and Amy, not Amy and Julie, which would be alphabetical. Julie, Julie wrote and this. Amy. You, it's a, a mashup. It's Jamie. Right. It could be anyway. Aioli. That's like a that's like a, like a mayonnaise a spiced mayonnaise thing. Yeah. Um, I know there's no official. They've already tuned out, by the way. I know there's no official gathering for your B and C listeners to the women's final four. But curious if there's a way to have an unofficial meet and greet at some point. My daughter and I will be there and hoping to have some conversations with other listeners slash viewers. We are celebrating the Creighton upset over Iowa and secretly hoping to see them in MSP. Uh, and of course, we would love to chat with Rebecca if possible. We have a couple of WNBA memories to share and would just like to say hi. We were at the Sky Game in August when Rebecca was on the concourse sitting just below but didn't know the protocol of saying hi when you're working. First of all, Rebecca, let's get to the last part first. Like in presidential press conferences when they have like a nine-part question, yeah, it's only ever the ninth part that gets answered because right. who can remember all the stuff that Not goes me. before it? But let's start so let's start with the last one rebecca what is the proper protocol of saying hi when you're working say somebody's in the upper deck you're on the concourse somebody's in the first deck usually usually that person ends up being frog marched out of the arena by security as you as you chuckle under your breath right but but do they call your name do they do they generally uh, speaking, throw a swedish general, fish at you the, this generally speaking like i i like meeting people at games halftime 
is bathroom time. Halftime is bathroom time. Always. Like I have to rush to the bathroom. So if I see somebody, like if I'm walking through the tunnel and somebody's there, I almost will always say, I'll be right back. When I come back, I'll chat with people. After the but game. But now that they know you're going to the bathroom, they they will. Oh, anyway. Oh, ahead. usually I'm, ha- I'm say I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Um, after the game is always tends to be a really good time because we're done working before the game. Sometimes people don't realize like if we're sitting courtside and it's an hour before the game, we're on our headsets and they're showing us stuff on the monitor. They're showing graphics that have been built. They're talking us through elements. I say with the finger quotes, like there's a lot of work that's being done the hour prior to the game, maybe sometimes an hour and a half on. Um, but no, I, I like meeting people, especially when they bring me assorted Swedish fish. So, but to her point about if, if there were a, some, some forum for ball and chain listeners who will be in Minneapolis for the final four, if they wanted to meet each other, we should probably, I mean, how, how would we do that? I think the best way I could facilitate that is in the next couple of minutes, I will send out a tweet on our ball and chain Twitter handle. In the next couple of pe- minutes or a couple of days? No, next couple of minutes. And then p- people, if they, they can like reply to that and then connect with others on Twitter. We don't have a Facebook page. I'm not on Facebook. No. You're not on Facebook. Um, we don't believe in Facebook. <laughs> but maybe th- maybe that would be the best way for, like, in the mentions or something where people okay. could, uh, and, could and, connect. Okay, uh, and that's a good idea. And so you're suggesting if you can figure out how to access the Ball and Chain Twitter, you will send out a tweet. Yes. And oh, maybe not can, in the next two minutes, but yeah, now between. I'm having some issues. So at, at some point in the next couple of days, I'll send out a tweet. Hopefully it happens today. And then our viewers can connect with each other there in the mentions. Thanks, Julie and Amy, and uh, have fun in the Twin Cities. Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, and farm animal consultant, writes, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Here's a picture of the two donkeys at the farm where I work. The picture doesn't show it, but they do have typical uh, cross on their backs. Donkeys are known for having the trait. Jesus gave the cross to the donkey that carried him to Jerusalem. Last year you were talking... Did you know that? Hmm? Did you know that? Did I know what? That donkeys, donkeys have, cross have the crosses on them. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I didn't. And indeed, there are attached two f- pictures of these adorable donkeys. Neither of them f- are frothing, Rebecca. Neither of them is frothing. <laughs> okay. Um, last year, you were talking about name and daughter's business. The farm was founded by a couple, but ownership has passed to their daughter. The, the uh, And here's a picture. It's called the uh, Farmer's Daughter, I believe. Yes? Farmer's Daughter far- f- Farm Fresh Shop. Um her father passed away many years ago, so the name so the name and daughter doesn't work anymore. I've added a picture that shows some of farm artwork that pays tribute to the current owner. The artist is the mother of the owner. We open Easter weekend, so I'll be able to provide more pics once we open. That is the uh, farmer's daughter uh, market. So already, Rebecca, our farm animal consultant is, is kicking in with uh, donkey photos. I like it. I do. I do too, I should say. Uh, our simplest of palindromes, Bob in North Carolina writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, one, I concur with your comments about the relaxation of dress standards for coaches. A, sure I miss the $5,000 designer suits worn by Pat Riley and Chuck Daly. What I really miss are the vibrant plaid sport coats worn especially by college basketball coaches. Speaking of plaid, when did pro golfers move away from plaid toward the solid colors? I miss that too, that 70s golfers wearing plaid pants, pterodactyl collar shirts, um, uh, Larry Brown was a was a, a crazy dresser in the seventies when he was coaching in the a- in the ABA wearing bib overalls over like oh, I know, don't remember that uh, bib overalls a, it was a, some 
some kooky pictures on the uh, interwebs of Larry Brown's 70s coaching sartorial uh, style. Two, after watching the miniseries Inventing Anna on Netflix, I think we need to put casting directors on notice for the actor to play Steve Russian in Ball and Chain, the miniseries. Anthony Edwards. So, I didn't know that Anthony Edwards was in Inventing Anna, but our daughter has been watching Inventing Anna on Netflix and uh, telling me all about it. I followed that story when it happened uh, about this woman who scammed uh, people out of a lot of money in New York, uh, high society, or I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but, but Anthony Edwards to play me. Interesting he should say that because 20 years ago, I may have told the story on, on the podcast. I probably haven't. I was doing a story in London on, uh, I was covering the, doing a long feature on the, uh, the, the best professional darts players. I attended the World Darts Championship mm-hmm. outside London in a place called Frimley Green, which is just a wild, uh, hilarious, raucous scene. And, but I also uh, uh, checked out the, the uh, pub darts scene for you know regular pub leagues, and I was in a in a in a um, pub in Brixton on a darts night with league darts, and and I went to the bar to get a beer so that I didn't look out of place, and the uh, bartender said um, this was the second time it happened twice that week in London. I think it was the kind of glasses I was wearing. Um, a, a, a girl at McDonald's. And, and this bartender at this uh, pub said, has anybody ever told you you look like that bloke from ER? And I said, "Of course, George Clooney. And they both said, this was separately over a couple of days, no, the, the bald guy. Oh, Anthony Edwards. So he's a good-looking guy. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more concerned for him than for, yeah, for my feelings. Yeah, good point. But, uh, but thank you, Bob. I, when, when they do the, who will play Rebecca when they do the ball and chain, uh, the movie? Rebecca, any any thoughts? Who will play me in the movie? Yes. Well, I mean, it's such a limited pool if you're looking for a tall actress. You'd have to play yourself. I might. Finally, Rebecca. Doctor. Doctor Gary Siegel. Uh, it's it's really it's it's amazing considering that he um, this was the start of the Formula One season, the new Formula One season in Bahrain. And it, under the floodlights at night, and uh, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes did not win. Uh, a lot of other stuff going on this week. It was, I believe, it was, uh, was it? Uh, it was. It wasn't Max Verstappen either. He he went out on the fifty fifth lap of fifty seven. But um, anyhow, Doctor Siegel, I'm sure, was very excited. He may even touch on that in his in his note. But here we go. His, his email is headed an even shorter note than last week's, okay? Okay. Dear Rebecca and Steve, with the craziness of March Madness as well as Rebecca's travel schedule, we viewers want to know, are you recording the podcasts on Tuesday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or does it vary? Inevitably, I find myself leaving my report until Monday night, much like a school-aged child might procrastinate on an assignment. So any light that you can shed on this t- topic would be appreciated. So, Rebecca, let's say off the bat. So we usually are, we our try to goal record on Tuesday. It's yeah. Tuesday. On occasion, there's stuff going on on Tuesday, and we push to Wednesday, but occasion, we never go Monday. And on occasion, we, we don't record it at all. True. And next week, when you head to the Final Four, I believe on a Tuesday, Yeah. we won't record one. Correct, because right? I'll be calling games in Bridgeport on Monday night and then yeah. having to leave on Tuesday. So, so Dr. We'll, Siegel, we'll take next week off. We will give you notice. You, you have next week off, right? Correct. With, without pay. <laughs> right. Consider it your vacation week. Inevitably, okay. So, uh, 
that said, I have no doubt that if the submission deadline moves to Tuesday, well, it's I'll still procrastinate, but we'll see. Oh, and, and I can see that there's already is uh, embedded a photograph, Rebecca, of a of a of a like a bass Weijin or a, a boat shoe. Okay, not a Norwegian, can, but a bass. I wonder if he's been practicing his not a Norwegian nor nor a Swedish fish, but a bass Weijin. I don't know if it's if it's the bass brand Weijin registered trademark, but it is a okay. it's a it's a a classic uh, boat shoe. My sincere, my sincere thanks to Kevin, a military man, sailor, coach, and expert on all things related to knots. I'll give the better bow a few more tries, and I'm optimistic that it will work well on my Timberland registered trademark classic two-eye boat shoes. So that they're not bass regions. They're Timberland classic two-eye boat shoes. Two-eye boat shoes. That, that was my nickname uh, um, in the Merchant Marine, Rebecca. Two-eye boat shoes. Lovely. Okay. Uh, which I've worn and replaced many times over the years, rotating the older pair to the de- to the delivery room. On the s- so so he wears a, a Timberland old, worn out worn in broken in Timberland uh, uh, boat shoes in the delivery room. I, I pictured. What him, do you want him to wear those those Crocs? No, I, I, I Crocs. You see those or 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 the Air Nurse, the big white. You know uh, New Balance. The New Balance. That's that's like the old guy at the mall shoe. Yeah. The uh, but I'm I'm talking about just you know kind of soft padding around you know right. hushed right. Uh, shoes. But anyway, Doctor Siegel's is I, I imagine there there's a soft tread on those that they're not really making a lot of racket in the delivery room. On the subject of knots, however, I have pretty much mastered the two-handed flat square knot and the surgeon's knot, both of which I can tie with either hand. That's impressive. I wonder if he does that as a bar trick. On the subject of knots, however, I have pretty much mastered the two-handed flat square knot and the surgeon's knot, both of which I can tie with either hand. I also can tie a one-handed knot, flat square knot, with both hands, as well as a full Windsor knot, since the last podcast did discuss men's ties, and with some difficulty, a bow knot. I've read that doctor's ties are the filthiest, most germ-ridden thing. I didn't know there was a surgeon's knot. Or a doctor's knot. What did he call it? A surgeon's knot. I didn't know there was a surgeon's knot. Is that for for, for, uh, uh, a jib on a a sailboat? Or do you think that's something you do internally when tying up? Tying up somebody's intestine? Or is it like tying up a stitch? Either way, it's gross. Perhaps we'll find out in two weeks. It's gross. A few items of note follow. One, nifty nuthouse doodah diner and exercising a frothing donkey. Even though both of you said that you had nothing for the podcast, as usual, you turned lemons into an hour of lemonade. I think that is the the hallmark, Rebecca, the podcast. Who doesn't want an hour of lemonade? <laughs> an hour of lemonade, yes. <laughs> it's like a slow drip IV. An, an hour of lemonade. Two, and there's only three of these, Rebecca. Rebecca, I loved your story of the quietly proud grandmother who watched her grandson excel in basketball games. I'm also the proud grandfather of a three-year-old granddaughter who in a recent video was putting the bean bags into the hole of a cornhole board and was quite proud of herself. As her mother put it so nicely, the girl knows her way around a beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a New Orleans girl, isn't she? Yes. Three, lest I forget, for Steve, please see the attached picture labeled Costco Bread and perhaps read the label. Lastly, I also want to, you to know, both of you to know, that my old cycling shoes were from the Ergo Air Shoes, from the eponymously named company formed by the retired international French-Canadian cyclist Louis Garneau. And he boldfaces that from my French pronunciation. My new shoes were perfectly fine, but probably like the waving cyclist Roger, they did not increase my speed or athletic ability despite their low weight and advanced BOA, registered trademark fasteners, I remain your humble servant, Gary. But there is a photograph, Rebecca, of Costco bread. I'm not sure that I can read the label, but um, but uh, I will uh, I will uh, take it on faith that it's hilarious. <laughs> I sent out the tweet. You did. I did. Excellent. Um, well, that's all we have for producer Denny Gallagher. 
for Thank you. Thank you, Tom Dakari. Thank you for our listeners who continue to write in. We're, um, we're racing out of here, as you can tell, because yeah, you're late. Yeah, I got to go get the kids. So on that note, Tom Dakari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.